Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be breaking down the Week 4 matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Barrier Podcast here with the Believe Podcast Network. Now, before we get into the actual breakdown for week four, we're going to be recapping what happened last week. We ended up shopping once again, similar story to the week prior, as the 49ers absolutely dismantled the New York Giants and route to an easy victory. Uh, really never in doubt, 49ers never punted, fun fact, and they ended up winning by double digits. They won by exactly 27 points. Game wasn't close. The Giants are really, really bad are they as bad as the Jets? Not really sure, but we ended up winning with the 49ers on the spread, but we ended up losing on the under as the 49ers offense did whatever it wanted against the Giants defense, which is a true testament to how awful the Giants defense is considering the fact that the 49ers were missing their starting quarterback, their starting two running backs, etc. But it didn't matter as the 49ers dominated the line of scrimmage like I thought they would, and they were able to get a nice easy victory. Now for week four, they will be returning home after a two-week a trip to Jersey to face the Jets and the Giants in a row. Now they're going back to San Francisco as they're going to be looking for the first home win of the season. They are 2-1, and one, uh, which is, you know, an impressive record, except for the fact that they're still tied for second place or tied for last place, however you want to phrase it, uh, because of the fact that the NFC West is so good. Meanwhile, their opponent in Week 4 is going to be the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, who will be traveling after a really disappointing tie against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 3. Uh, they tied 23-23. Philadelphia was a favorite by roughly five, five and a half points in that game. Uh, but unfortunately, they were not able to get the job done. The Eagles are winless. They're 0-2-1, which is good enough to be in third place in the NFC East because the Giants are 0-3. But they are still one game behind or so in the um, NFC East for first place. So every team is below 500 in the NFC East, and every team is above 500 in the NFC West. So it's a true battle of arguably the best division in football versus the worst division in football. Breaking down the Eagles and what happened last week, main issue the Eagles have had so far this season is Carson Wentz, who has definitely regressed after looking like an MVP candidate a couple years ago. Last week, struggled again, got sacked three times, uh, threw for 225 passing yards, 
one touchdown, two picks. He did have a rushing touchdown, which tied the game late in regulation, and he ended up completing 29 of his 47 pass attempts. Uh, leading the way on the ground was Miles Sanders, as he ended up having 18 carries for 95 rushing yards to go along with four receptions for 12 receiving yards. So he did have over 100 all-purpose yards, and he did have 22 touches. So pretty decent day overall. Kind of thought he'd get into the end zone, uh, but he averaged 5.3 yards per carry, which is pretty solid. Carson Wentz, though, did have nine carries for 65 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. So he actually had a pretty good game on the ground. Other than that, nobody else did really anything. The receiving core, you had Greg Ward, who led the way offensively, as he ended up having eight receptions for 72 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Zach Ertz ended up having seven receptions for 70 receiving yards. And other than that, nobody else had more than 20. Uh, so it was pretty much a two-headed uh, receiving attack here for the Eagles, and they're going to be looking for a little bit more, I'd say, diversity when it comes to pass catchers moving forward because they can't just rely on two guys to catch pretty much every single pass. Uh, looking at the defense, though, leading the way was you had Brandon Graham with two sacks, Jalen Mills had one and a half sacks, uh, Malik Jackson had half a sack, Fletcher Cox had a sack, John Sweat had a sack. The Eagles had eight sacks uh, against Joe Burrow, so they did a great job getting after the quarterback, mostly because of Cincinnati having the worst offensive line in all football. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Eagles definitely pressured the quarterback, and they'll be looking to do so against Nick Mullins, most likely, uh, on Sunday night in the primetime matchup here. Uh, but going through the 49ers, uh, what happened with them last week, I broke it down briefly, talked about how they absolutely destroyed the Giants. We'll actually take a deep dive into the game itself. 49ers didn't punt, which tells you all you need to know about the offense and how Nick Mullins looked really, really sharp uh, in his first start of the season. Ended up completing 25 of his 36 pass attempts for a very impressive 343 passing yards. One touchdown, no picks. Did end up getting sacked twice, but he had a uh, passer rating of 108.9. Very impressive. Uh, leading the way on the ground was Jerick McKinnon, who struggled. 14 carries, 38 rushing yards, but he did have one rushing touchdown. So he was able to salvage his day from a fantasy perspective. Other than that, you had Brandon Ayuk, uh, the rookie receiver, who did take three carries for 31 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown to go with his 70 receiving yards. So he had a pretty solid day overall. Uh, other than that, you had Jeff Wilson Jr., who struggled a lot on the ground as he had 12 carries for 15 rushing yards. Did have one rushing touchdown. He also had 54 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. So he got into the end zone twice had 69 total all-purpose yards, which is solid, but he will definitely need to do better than 1.3 yards per carry. 49ers had three rushing touchdowns, but they only averaged 2.7 rushing yards as a team, which is concerning, and they'll be looking to have a better effort on the ground, which is going to be tough because the Eagles have a very good rush defense, and that might have an impact on the game itself. But looking at the receiving core, I mentioned Ayuk already 70 receiving yards. Kendrick Bourne had 63 receiving yards. Jeff Wilson, 54, I mentioned. Ross Dwelly had 49. Uh, you had Jerick McKinnon with 39 as well. Uh, Dwelly was an interesting case because he is the backup, backup tight end. But Jordan Reed, who was the original starter, got injured midway through the game. He will be out for at least a month, probably even more. And he ended up getting injured, and Dwelly took over and actually did pretty well in relief. Uh, that might not matter so much this week, but I'll get into that in a little while. But looking at the defense of the 49ers, they only gave up nine points, which was great. Uh, Daniel Jones completed roughly 50% of his passes, going 17 of 32 for 179 passing yards. One reception, no touchdowns, got sacked twice. Uh, also, the 49ers were able to force a couple of turnovers from the fumbles as they ended up forcing two fumbles and they had two fumble recoveries. So the 49ers did really well, ended up forcing three turnovers, a solid day overall. They're going to be looking to potentially get a couple more turnovers from the Eagles. 
as Carson Wentz is towards the top 10, top 5 in giveaways. So other than that, though, we're actually going to be talking about the injury reports for both teams, starting with the 49ers. So this is based on practice for Wednesday. Uh, D. Ford did not practice with a back injury. He's most likely not going to play. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice with an ankle injury. He most likely will not play, especially with how well Mullins played in relief. Other than that, you have Mostert, who is, who is out with a knee injury. He's not going to play either, uh, which isn't a big deal because Wilson and uh, McKinnon did a pretty good job in relief. Jordan Reed's out indefinitely. Uh, you have cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, who did, not, who did not practice because of a concussion, so he's currently questionable. And you also had cornerback uh, Quan Williams, who was out with a hip injury, and you have to wonder if he will be able to play or not. Probably not, but he is questionable right now. Other than that, though, you have a couple of full participants in practice. George Kittle finally was a full participant for the first time since week one, which is a great sign moving forward. It means Dwelly will take a step back, of course, but George Kittle is the best tight end in the league, so that, of course, is an upgrade. Uh, Jerk McKinnon was a full participant despite having a rib injury, so he will definitely play. And cornerback Akilla Witherspoon does have a hamstring injury, but he was a full participant, which means he should be healthy for this spot. Now, talking about the Eagles and going through the Eagles injury report, definitely, um, I'd say, a more banged-up team uh, in comparison to the 49ers at this point in time. Uh, The Eagles have a couple of issues with wide receiver, as they currently have... Uh, you have Arcega Whiteside, who is not a big contributor at all, but he did not participate on, on Wednesday. Deshaun Jackson was a big one, did not participate with a hamstring injury. You did have a limited workload for Alshon Jeffrey, who might be making his season debut, uh, but I expect it to be on a snap limit because of the fact that he has not played since recovering from foot surgery during the offseason. Uh, Jason Peters did not uh, participate in practice with uh, an illness, and he might be out for this game, offensive tackle. Uh, Fletcher Cox has an abdomen injury. He did not participate either. A um, couple of offensive line injuries, an injury to to uh, Brown in the offensive guard, to Driscoll, uh, the offensive tackle, uh, Peters I already mentioned. Yeah, a lot of issues in the offensive line. Uh, and the secondary, you also have Trevor Williams, who ended up uh, suffering a rib injury, and he missed practice alongside with cornerback Avante Maddox. So the Eagles have a couple of cluster injuries at wide receiver, at offensive line, and in the secondary, which is definitely concerning for this actual matchup. Uh, limited participants, you did have Lane Johnson, who was a limited participant with an ankle injury. Miles Sanders with a glute injury was a limited. And Jason Kelsey uh, with rest was a limited participant. But overall, Eagles are banged up in the secondary and in some of the skill positions in the offensive line, which is very concerning, especially against the 49ers, who even with their B squad, uh, without Bosa, etc., still looked really good. Uh, but you have to wonder if that's a testament to how good the 49ers are or how bad the Giants are, and that remains to be seen. So, you know, keep that in mind moving forward for the rest of the help. I mean, for the rest of the season, but for week four in particular. But going into the actual spread for this matchup, the 49ers are currently seven point favorites. This is bet up. They open up at five and a half, currently up to minus seven. And the over under has gone up from 45 and a half to 46, but it's still available at 45 in some spots. Now, for the actual plays for the week four matchup, we are going to be going with the Eagles plus the points. We're going to be going with the over 45 and a half. A couple reasons why. Uh, first of all, the Eagles, I know they're 0-2-1. They have not looked good at all. But at the end of the day, they are still in must-win territory because they are winless. 49ers looked really good, but they also played against arguably the two worst teams in football. They beat the Giants and the Jets. I don't think that really means anything. I think that the Giants and the Jets are probably the two worst teams in all of football. 
and I think that the 49ers, despite looking really good, I do think the Eagles with Peterson will come up with a better game plan than the likes of Joe Judge and Adam Gase. So I'm not going to fully buy into the 49ers' recent success. I do think they're a good team, but at the end of the day, seven points is a lot for a team missing a large portion of its starters. Uh, you will be getting Richard Sherman most likely back from IR, which definitely does help the secondary. But at the end of the day, I think the 49ers should win. But I do think the Eagles will keep this game closer than people anticipate because of the fact that the 49ers are still really banged up. And the 49ers couldn't run the ball last week, 2.7 yards per carry. Eagles are really stout against the run. I think they will struggle once again uh, running the ball, which should force Mullins into some potential third and longs. Kittle coming back does help, but the Eagles, I do think, should be able to do enough in order to keep this game close. And the 49ers will win, but I do think that this game will be closer than the oddsmakers anticipate. And other than that, though, for the total... Uh, the 49ers defense was pretty good against the Giants and Jets, but once again, a uh, defense is still lacking a pass rush to speak of because D Ford's going to be out, Nick Bosa's out for the year, Solomon Thomas isn't exactly a great player, but he still is a nice uh, body to have in the defensive line, and with him out, I think that's a big deal as well. Uh, so the 49ers will struggle, in my opinion, to get after Wentz, especially with the Eagles' uh, average to below average offensive line in comparison to recent years. Uh, I think that they should buy a little bit more time for Wentz, uh, Miles Sanders, I expect to have a decent amount of, of work as he was very good last week. The receiving core, I do know that Dallas Goddard is going to be out indefinitely, which means that Ertz should be getting a ton of touches, and I think that he could provide a bit of a problem for the 49ers linebacking core. But for the sake of the actual prediction for this matchup, I think the 49ers will win by four, uh, So, and I think that this game will go over the 45 and a half. So my prediction for a, from a score perspective is going to be 49ers 27, Eagles 23, I think that this game will get to 50 points, and I do think that uh, the Eagles will be able to score enough points in order to keep this game within the seven. So I think the 49ers win by the score of 47, I mean, sorry, by the score of 27 to 23, which means that I like the Eagles plus the seven, and I also like the over 45 and a half. Now, other than that, though, looking at the rest of the division, unfortunately, even when the 49ers win, uh, most of the uh, division... Uh, continues to look at least sharp. I know the Rams ended up losing uh, in a tough loss against Buffalo. Uh, they probably should have won the game. You had a very, very controversial phantom pass interference penalty. But good for the 49ers. That led them to gain a spot on them. Plus the Dimeback, uh, not the Dimeback, sorry, the Cardinals, I should say, ended up getting upset by the Lions last week, which definitely helped out as the 49ers were able to gain a spot on them as well. So now instead of being in sole possession of last place, they are now tied for second which is definitely a good sign. Seattle, of course, uh, continues to win with Russell Wilson being the MVP already, and we're only in week three. Uh, we, or we just finished week three, I should say. But Wilson's on another planet. They were able to beat the Cowboys. Very close game. But Wilson had another five-touchdown performance, and Seattle is definitely looking like one of the teams to beat in the NFC. But right now, they're definitely the team to beat in the NFC West. But the 49ers definitely hanging around. Uh, meanwhile, the Eagles, I already talked about it before. The record's not great, but at the end of the day, they are still just one game out of a division um, lead. So that is something to keep in mind. But overall, though, once again, I do like the 49ers uh, to win the game, but I think the Eagles plus the seven and the over 45 and a half are the two ways I'm going to be looking at to bet on this contest. Other than that, though, that's been the installment of the Bed and Barrett podcast here at the Believe Podcast. Now we're going to look to all of you and respect the best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.